Welcome to Nothing But Facts. We're good. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome everybody to the Nothing But Facts live stream. It's Nothing But Facts. And this is the Safina Society live stream where we're basically trying to reach the community and reach the ummah and give benefit, take benefit. And uh, you could take our classes at myarcview.org. It's a website that has on it over 50 pre-recorded classes. And we also have on it live classes. The semester just over for the live classes, but we have over 50 pre-recorded classes. Okay. Over 50. Every semester we have about maybe a dozen or 10 or eight live classes that you could sit in and join in on. Okay. That's how we study all day and all night. That's all we do. Study and do the and ibadah. But we also have to do some other things, but that's like on the side. As Ibn Arabi said, Salah is praying five, uh, life is praying five times a day and then filling in the time in between. So that's basically how we live. And uh, we have to, we have a lot of fun. And this Ramadan is going to be tons of fun. If you live in the area, tri state area, you have to. Drive down. You can't miss it, especially the Iftar Friday. Then we hang out, maybe go get some caffeine, then come back, tarawih, and then we take another breather, bring in some snacks. Sometimes some people do such a generous good deed, and they go get some halal fried chicken. Then we eat that, and then we sit for dhikr. And once you've eaten, you know that you eat after tarawih. It's one thing that you eat before tarawih. You don't want to eat a lot because you're going to be miserable in the salah. You eat a little bit, you come back, and then after tarawih, someone does this amazing good deed and brings us some fried chicken, brings us some junk, and brings us water and tea. You do that, then you go to the bathroom, you make wudu, and now you are primed. Your body is so perfectly like leveled out now with food. Okay, The water has entered your system, and now we hit that dhikr. And we do that dhikr for about an hour, right? And then people hang out again. And sometimes they go to IHOP and eat. Basically, does IHOP serve like food? It's like air, right? It's edible products, right? Big Belgian waffles with, with pshh, uh, what's it call it on top? What is that stuff called? Whipped cream on top, Belgian waffles. It's just sugar and, and, and bread. It's a disaster. But we eat it in Ramadan sometimes. All right, here we go. Let's uh, get into bi'nillahi ta'ala. And by the way, do not miss, we have a khatm. Let's say you're weak in Qur'an. You can join our virtual khatm. Qur'an is for ibadah. It's not for eating. Uh, we do a virtual khatm. For the men, it's going to be six, 6.45. One hour, basically 45 minutes before iftar. For the first half, is at 6.45. Second half is at 7 o'clock. All right. And then what you're going to do is, you're gonna you can come in on Zoom. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. We forgot to put the mic in for the Instagram. So the first half of it is gonna be 6:45. Second half of the month, seven o'clock. You can come in on Zoom and participate, or you could just watch it on YouTube and read along because we we will show the Quran itself, right, uh, from the iPad. If you're a sister, okay, or should we say then then your khatim is at five o'clock, okay? Your khatim is a little earlier. And again, you could go on Zoom and participate, or you could just watch it. 
okay, on Zoom as well. The Sisters one is not broadcast on YouTube. So, Ryan, if you could kindly type in nbic.org and tell everyone virtual chatzim. Also, I give a talk on NBIC YouTube channel, NBIC's YouTube channel, every day after Fajr. I stop eating at 18 degrees, but I do not pray until after 15 degrees. So after the 15 degree event goes off, I pray, salah, and then I open up uh, the Zoom and connect it to YouTube, and you could also take questions. So we're basically streaming twice, uh, uh, Mondays through Thursdays, and that stream will continue on. All right, where did we leave off yesterday? We are talking about the entrance of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam to Mecca. We have a message real quick. Hamza Hussein said he loves you for the sake of Allah. I love Hamza Hussein. He's one of our number one. He is, I think, the number top five people that we know from the internet, right? I have internet friends. I think I met him once, but we have a lot of internet friends. And what I love about internet friends in Islam is their actual, re they could become real friends, like physical friends. Whereas most people on the internet in any other thing, you never meet the person. You don't want to meet the person, right? But in the deen, we have this third space, which is the masjid, where anyone could show up. So anyone who wants to, like what what else has a third space? Like let's say you love a, a sports star, right? How do you meet him? There's no public space that you can go to see him, right? So we have this public space of the masjid where uh, anybody could show up, right? So uh, that's what I love about these um, relationships online and in the masjid. And uh, we should always pray that Allah Ta'ala always keeps us in the masjid. Any time that any operation drifts away from masajid, as was a, a trend, like in the past, before you became Muslim, there was this trend where people would do this third space thing. It was a non-mosque, basically. It's like a Muslim club almost, right? And you didn't know, is this a masjid? Is it not? Do I take my shoes off? Or like, what's going on here, right? And they would do all sorts of weird things and treat it at the masjid when they wanted to and do other things. I never bought into it, to be honest with you. Like what the institution that Allah gave us is called the masjid, right? Why change it? So, and so, but the smart thing is to have like a multi-purpose room attached to the masjid, which we do have at MBIC, which is the gym. So uh, let's talk about now, Abu Sufyan now, we're talking about the entrance of Mecca today of the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then we're going to open up on Ramadan prep. We're going to read from Risalat ibn Abi Zayd al-Qairawani. Abu Sufyan, he takes his shahada. And the next day, Sayyidina, Abu Bak uh, Sayyidina uh, Al Abbas sits with him on the command of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, at the mountain, the, 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 the narrow peak between the two mountains. And he goes in there and he, he sits there with him and he has to watch. And he watches all this Muslim army until he's like intimidated. And then he runs into Mecca, stands at the Kaaba, and he shouts in his loudest voice, Oh people, Muhammad has come. And there is no turning away his force. Okay. There, there's no way you're facing this. So they said, what do we do? He said, everyone who is in my house is safe. They said, well, your house is too small. Anyone who is in Masjid al-Haram, the Masjid, okay, is safe okay and everyone who goes into their own home and locks the door is safe so he did this then his two assistants at this time everything good hakim ibn hizam 
and Budail bin Ibn Warqa. They, his two assistants, they had risen up in the ranks. And remember, by the way, the, the leadership of Quraysh is now very young because a lot of them died in wars. And Khalid bin Walid and Amr bin As, they had already defected. And they came in and they gave the bayat to the Messenger So the, if the leadership of Quraysh has already submitted. Now, the only fight that happens is Khalid bin Walid's group. Okay. Now, the Prophet gives Zubair bin Awam his flag. He says, go set me up a tent. He sets up a tent at a certain location. And he told Khalid ibn Walid to go to the newly converted Quda'a tribe and the Bani Sulaim tribe and to go to the bottom of Mecca, the south of Mecca. Okay, and the Prophet's at the north of Mecca. Khalid ibn Walid at the south of Mecca. And that's where Bani Bakr was. Now, remember who Bani Bakr was. Those were the people that actually started the fight. They picked the fight and they killed the allies of the Prophet Sallallahu in a in a, a fight that they had over water. Okay, so Quraysh was there too. Al Harith ibn Abdimanaf was there. Okay, there were some East Africans there that that were allied with Quraysh, and there was Sufwan ibn Umayyah, big enemy. Remember, Umayyah ibn Khalif is the one who tortured Abu uh, Bilal, right? This is his son, Sufwan ibn Umayyah. And there is Ikrimah, who is Ikrimah, son of Abu Jahl. So the sons of these two enemies of Islam, this is why it's so important for you as a parent to take the right position. Chances are some of your kids are going to follow you. All right. So you have to take the right position in things in life and in deen, in politics, because chances are some of your kids are going to follow you. So Ikrimah and Safwan are the sons of Abu Jahl and Umayyah ibn Khalaf. So they're the like arch enemies of, of Islam. So they are also there. Okay. And Suhail ibn Amr. And all of these people were fighting. And they fought. And then they're like upset, of course, because their old friend, Khalid bin Walid, he's now defecting. He's with the Prophet. See, Khalid bin Walid was very smart and strategic. He was not stubborn. He realized right away, this thing, this, this game is over. We're not winning this. We're not defeating the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So he became a Muslim. Him and Amr ibn As. Okay. The Prophet ﷺ said, do not fight anybody except those who fight you first. So the, the biggest warrior from the Muhajirin, the, the word Muhajir means those who emigrated with the Prophet. They were the original Muslims from Mecca that were persecuted badly. And they came to Medina as migrants. They lost everything. They lost their home, their money, everything. These were the most fierce of them was Zubair ibn al-Awwam. He was so fierce that when he was asked how he became so, he said that my mother always wanted me to be strong. His mother is the aunt of the prophet, the prophet's father's sister. So maternal aunt. Zubayr is his cousin. He said, how did you become like this? He said, my mother, when I was a, a just a child, she used to put me outside. He put me outside. Spend the whole night out. In the nighttime. Scorpion would come, I would have to fight it off. Wild dog would come, I would have to fight, fight it off, right? So he would have to survive. Snake would come, I have to fight it off. He would have to survive by himself, okay? All right. Now, that's happened in the south. In the north now, the prophet is coming in, and Sa'ad ibn Ubadah, he has the flag. Who's Sa'ad ibn Ubadah? He is the representative. He's basically one of the chiefs of the Ansar. The Ansar are the people of, of Medina, or Yathrib, that supported the Prophet, peace be upon him. And they had two leaders, 
Sa'ad ibn Ubada and Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh. Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh had died. He had died after the Battle of the Khandaq. Sa'ad ibn Ubada was still alive, so he had the flag. Now, what does he say? He say he said, As he's entering, he's announcing, Today is a day of slaughter. What is haram has become halal, which means killing in the mosque, in the, prof, in, the, in, the, in the sacred mosque. Now, a man from the Muhajireen, the Muhajireen, remember, are originally Meccans, and they migrated. So what does he have? He has family there. He runs to the messenger, peace be upon him, and he says, Oh, Messenger of Allah, did you hear what Saad said? He said, today's the day of slaughter, right? And I've, I'm, uh, 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 and we're not sure if he's going to kill people from Quraysh. That's our family. So even, you, know, you have to be realistic. People, even they become Muslim, your family bonds never die out. You still care about your family. So he doesn't want his family to be killed, even though they're not Muslim. He's hoping, khalas, this is the day that, that we're going to patch everything up. So the Prophet said, Ali, go take the flag away from him and you carry it in. Now look at, look at this. The Prophet has honored his allies, the Muhajirin, uh, the Ansar. But it is Allah's will that the Prophet's first young ally who was with him the moment they discovered that Abu Lahab was an arch enemy of Islam, that is Ali ibn Abi Talib. If you remember way back in the day, we're talking almost 20 years earlier than this. The Prophet ﷺ had one convert in his family. That was Ali ibn Abi Talib. And he was about eight or nine years old. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Ali, go and get us uh, a sheep. Slaughter the sheep, skin it, cook it, and then call all the family so that we can now eat from it. And then I will invite them into Islam. And they did this first day. But the conversation, it never happened. Waited, did it again later on, a couple, day later, did it again. Prophet said, Who will follow me? I am the messenger of Allah. And he always preceded it with, If I was to tell you that there is a, uh, an enemy coming, would you believe me? They said, Of course, we believe you. He said, Then I'm telling you that after we die, if we die as pagans, essentially paraphrasing, there's hellfire, there's adab. She dies a pagan. So if you believe me about this world, why don't you believe me about the other thing? And Allah has chosen me as a messenger. So who answers? Nobody answers. It's extremely awkward. Sayyidina Ali sees this and he breaks the silence. And he says, I will follow you. And then the Prophet said to thank him. He says, at that point, Abu Lahab, he says, are you gathering me for this? You gathering us for this and another narration in a way almost not not to thank him but in a, in a way to recognize what Sayyidina Ali did. He said, uh, "Who will follow me and him?" This young man. And at that, Abu Lahab starts making fun of them. Is you gathering us for this this mockery and this joke, right? And they all laugh and they get up. So Sayyidina Ali he had that terrible terrible experience being laughed at by his own family as a boy. Yet he stuck with it. He didn't leave the Prophet, peace be upon him. So now it is his honor to carry the flag into Mecca. All right. In another narration, Sa'ad ibn Abada says this. The Prophet hears it, takes the flag away from him directly and says, today is the day of mercy, not the day of slaughter. And Sa'ad is like, oh, I, I just, the flag got taken away from me. So he's feeling terrible. 
So what does the prophet do? He gives it to Saad's son, right? And by giving it to his son, he's still honoring the father. So Saad said, I didn't know whether to be upset or happy because I was I lost it. I did something that to cause me to lose the flag, but then the flag was given to my son. So uh, that was the issue, the, 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 the mark that the prophet was going in there with to, to patch things up with the Quraysh and not to go and get revenge from them, okay? Uh, to patch things up, why have enemies when you can have friends? Life is so much better with friends than with enemies, except sometimes you have to make enemies, okay? So now, next that happens, next thing that happens, that the only fighting that took place was in the south where Khalid ibn Walid ended up fighting and there were uh, 12 or 13 of the pagans were killed uh, while only one Muslim was killed. Okay, only one Muslim. Now, there were a couple people that were, there was a bounty on them and the Prophet ﷺ had them uh, that they should be found and executed only a handful of people. And who were these people? One was named Abdullah ibn Sa'ad ibn Abi Sarh. Now, what was his story? It's interesting to hear these stories. He was a Muslim, but he defected back to the pagans. He became a pagan. So he's a murtad. Okay. Now, this man, Sayyidina Uthman, was his brother by wet nursing. Now, a lot of people may not know what sibling by wet nursing is. In the Sharia of Islam, if you, before the age of two, nurse or suckle and drink, even from a bottle, breast or bottle, the milk from the same woman, okay, that means you have ingested the cells of that same woman, then you are siblings, you are treated like siblings in everything except inheritance. So let's say I'm a woman and I have a baby, my own baby, and then another baby comes as an orphan, so I'm now feeding both my baby, and let's say it's a boy, and this orphan is a girl. And both of them are drinking from my milk. Even just one gulp is enough. That boy and girl are, are brother and sister. They, they're, they're treated as brother and sister. The only thing that not is an inheritance. So they don't have to, she doesn't have to wear hijab in front of him. He can, they cannot marry. There is a difference of opinion on if they can be in the room together or not. Because they still may have some sexual attraction, but they can't marry. Okay? So uh, they could, they're, they're touching, seeing without hair, all of that, they're equals. Okay? Exactly like his blood sister. Because you do have the same cells. You've ingested the same material at a very young age. So it's part of your growth. So everything except for inheritance. Now this man, Abdullah ibn Sa'ad ibn Abi Sarh, he's an apostate. He left Islam. But who is his sibling by wet nursing? Sayyidina Uthman. So he runs to Sayyidina Uthman and he says, uh, hide me. So he hides in Sayyidina Uthman's house because Sayyidina Uthman still had a house in Mecca. Then Sayyidina Uthman went to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he said, could you give him a guarantee of safety? So the Prophet said yes. Okay. The Prophet was at this on this day saying yes to everything. Said yes to every request. Okay. Why? Because nobody here is a threat anymore. And the Prophet does not do anything for personal vengeance. Okay. It's our law that there is apostasy is not something that's forgiven. But in this case, they're treated more as prison as as, as prisoners of war, and he for he gave him safety in the hopes that they would all enter Islam afterwards. Next, Abdullah ibn Khatl. 
كان رجلا من بني تميم ابن غالب وانما امر امر بقتله لانه كان مسلما he was a muslim and the prophet utilized him go back and give da'wah and he had a servant who was also a muslim so now in the early times you know that some, uh, these individuals they didn't always like become co- totally cooked as muslims yet so he told the servant go get uh, this there's a bull and i want to eat eat it basically and we want to have a feast so go slaughter this bull so that we can all eat it and invite the people and give them the dawah the servant goes and falls asleep so much so long that the time that it would take to, to slaughter the bull skin it cook it all that stuff was gone he couldn't so when he came back abdullah ibn khatr okay there's no tashkir on it it's a rare name in the sirab so i don't know actually if there's there's some tashharaka somewhere he gets so angry where's the where's the feast i told you to cook this bull for us okay he got so angry he hit him and killed him okay he got so afraid at what he had done he became a pagan again all right and then he had two servants not only did he become a pagan he had two girls and he ordered them to make poetry against the prophet peace be upon him so not only did he uh become an apostate he left islam he starts telling his girls just to make poetry against the prophet that's like giving to creating two twitter accounts and having people write say bad things about the prophet right el hija had the, that power back in the day everyone was always interested in what poetry who was saying what right so anytime someone came with some poetry and it was people listened to it in the same way that today we like memes and posts today back then it was poetry so that's what the power of hija at that time okay so the prophet sallallahu he ordered all three of them okay to be killed now we'll see what happens to them later al huwairith ibn nufair ibn wahb and he was not a muslim he never became muslim but he was a he used to personally attack the muslims in mecca so badly that he was not forgiven okay wa maqis ibn sababa and the reason that he was ordered to be killed okay is that he killed an ansari okay his an uh, an ansari man and who are the ansar remember they are the supporters of the prophet of yathrib medina okay they they're supported the prophet he this this man from yathrib medina accidentally killed his brother so he went and he killed him okay and then he went back to quraish and he became an apostate so he was a muslim killed uh, a muslim and then went back to quraish protected to, to, to save his life okay and he became an apostate okay uh, okay nan ikrima ibn abi jahl the famous ikrima ibn abi jahl what was his story as for ikrima he fled to yemen but his wife umm hakim bint al harith ibn hisham She's from the clan of the Prophet She became a Muslim. And she went to the Messenger of Allah and said, please give Aikrima safety. Okay. Until finally she went out searching for him. She heard that he took a boat 
and then he took a boat down to Mecca. Then she sent people for him. It took a long time and found him before he really arrived at Yemen. And he said, the messenger has given you safety. He said, I don't know if this is a trick. Give me something. And she ends up taking a, a, a garment from the Prophet him, and giving it to him. That's the mark of safety. And he came back and he entered Islam. And he was forgiven. And when the Prophet ﷺ, when Aikrimah came in, the messenger, peace be upon him, told the Sahaba, he announced to them, do not say bad things about Abu Jahl because his son is now amongst us. So Abu Jahl, of course, is, is an enemy, right? And you're going to say bad things about him. But uh, don't say it anymore because his son's amongst us. It's going to hurt him. Even if it's true, it's going to hurt him. Okay. Now, as for... Uh, so, so Khatl, he had, we said that there was Abdullah ibn Khatl, and he had these two women who would do the poetry for them. One of them fled, and one of them was killed. And then someone asked for the one woman to be given safety. Okay. So she, he gave her safety. All right, he gave her he 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 gave her safety. Okay. As for Huwayrith ibn Nuqid, he he fought against Sayyidina Ali, and Sayyidina Ali killed him. Now the Prophet So that's the list of the people that had they had you know done certain things that were not forgivable, and that was how they were dealt with. It's only a handful of people. Now, when the Prophet ﷺ entered Mecca, where is everybody now for safety? They're at the masjid. They're around the Kaaba. Not only they're around the Kaaba for safety, they want to see what's going to happen too, right? When when that's happening, you don't want to stay home. You want to see what's going to happen. So it's also a sign that they trusted the Prophet, peace be upon him, right? Because if someone says, hey, come to the public square, you'll be safe. If an invading army came and said, hey, come out in the public square and you'll be safe, if you don't trust them, like, would you trust them? Right? If Putin comes over, takes over America, and he says, hey, everyone who's in the street is safe. They're like, I'm not trusting you. I'm going home. Right? The fact that the whole city was in the masjid, shown that they actually trusted the prophet when he announced that you're safe if you're in the city, if you're in the masjid, which is the public square of Mecca. They're all there. So what does he say? The prophet, sallam, goes, and he stands at the door of the Kaaba. And he says, La ilaha illallah wahda. Sadaqa wa'da wa nasara abda wa hazam al-ahzab wahda. What do we say in Eid? Right? Don't you hear them say this in Eid? Sadaqa wa'da wa nasara abda wa hazam al-ahzab wahda. The takbirat of Eid in the time of the Prophet was simply, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, wa lillahi alhamd. That's it. When Sayyidina al-Imam al-Shafi'i went to Egypt, he found the people had added to it. And they added to it, right? And al-Shafi, he felt that was excellent because they kept the sunnah and they added to it certain things that people could learn, right? For the sake that they could repeat the stuff and learn it, right? So uh, that was that's how the... Takbirat al-Eid, as they're called, have developed. So you might hear the shortened version, and you might hear the Egyptian version, which Ash-Shafi approved. Okay. So the Prophet then says, 
Allah, Allah has fulfilled his promise. He's been true to his promise. He supported his servant, which is himself. He has defeated the enemy. Hazam al-Ahzab. Hazama means defeated, and al-Ahzab are the confederates, the groups. Okay. Now, this is a very important legal matter that the Prophet addresses. He says, every single claim and suit, like a lawsuit, or blood money, or debt, is under in of the jahiliya is under my feet right now in other words i am taking control over these because you when you have a shift in authority the question is well what about my old debts what about my old all these other things he says it's under my feet right now okay and he says except for those who are taking care of this house and feeding the pilgrims. Ya ma'ashara Quraysh. O people of Quraysh. Inna Allah qad adhaba ankum nakhwat al-jahiliyya wa ta'adhumiha bil-aba. Allah has removed from you the ignorance of jahiliyya and your aggrandizement and your like ancestor worship. Every, all societies, they all go by ancestor worship. Like, in China, they have this. In Africa, they have this. The Arabs have this. Maybe not worship, but it's just your identity is by your ancestors. Okay. All people are from Adam, and Adam was created from Turab, soil. All right. All of you are from Adam, and Adam was created from soil. Then he recited, Ya ayyuhannas, inna khalaqanakum min dhakarin wa untha. Oh, people, we have created you from a male and a female. Surah al-Hujurat. Ya ahla Makkah, madha tarawna anni fa'ilun bikum. What do you think I'm doing with you today, oh people of Mecca? Everyone remains silent. In one of the narrations, Sayyidina Ali, again, knowing the Prophet he says to a man, Say, shout out, Akhun Karim ibn Akhin Karim. Okay, why? Because he knows that that's what Sayyidina Yusuf's brother said. Okay, so he shouts, shout out, Akhun Karim ibn Akhin Karim, a generous brother, son of a generous brother. In other words, we're all relatives here, right? So the Prophet's face became happy when he heard that because that's. He loved the following of the footsteps of the past prophets. And that's exactly what the brothers of Yusuf said. After all those years, you called him a thief one time, and then you plotted against him, and then all these things that, that you did, all these bad things to Yusuf, then 30 years later, he's on top, he's in charge now, and you're vulnerable. Okay. So the prophet's face lights up with happiness when they say that. Okay. And look at the training. The Prophet has trained Sayyidina Ali, do anything that you can to draw people closer to the truth. When people are near to Allah and His Messenger, that's all, that's what we want. That is what the, where the gold is. So what does he say? Prophet says, And so those people are called the tulaqa. Right? The tulaqa, those who are freed. 
فاعتقهم رسول الله وقد كان الله امكنهم امكنهم من رقابهم عنوتن right. and they had the prophet sallam he, he he could have done whatever he wanted with them they're conquered people he could have taken them as slaves he could have killed them he could have freed them he could have sold them uh, ransomed them off he could have ransomed them all off all right abu sufyan here he's your cousin pay who's this your cousin your wife pay he could have that's what you do with prisoners of war okay what did the messenger do he freed them so those people they took the honor at that point of being called at tulaqa فلذلك سمي اهل مكه الطلقاء alright they were called the tulaqa ثم اجتمع الناس للبيعه then the prophet sallam went to a safa and he sat at the top of the safa or halfway there and umar ibn khattab at the bottom organizing the people in lines go next next given the bay'ah ala sam'i wa ta'a fi to listen and obey as much as they can all of the men went first then all of the women urwa ibn zubair says kharaja safwan ibn umayya yuridu jadda liyarkaba minha ila al-yaman urwa we said about safwan ibn umayya we mentioned him he's the the son of umayya bin khalaf who tortured bilal that's his son now he fled because he he had a mark on his head there are only about six or seven people who had a mark on them they were not to be forgiven and they should be killed because of their crimes he went to jeddah it's technically called jeddah because it is said that sayda hawa is buried there or that she when she came down to the earth that she landed there okay and that sayda adam landed in what's now india and they met at arafat okay that's where why it's arafat means to get to know to know arafa right allah adam that's just very famously stated uh um, about them so jidda it's technically called so he goes there and jidda's on the water so he wants to take a, a ship to go down to yemen to flee to yemen so umair ibn wahb al-jumahi a man from a neighboring tribe he says ya nabi allah o messenger of allah Sufyan ibn Umayyah, he is the head of our family, right? He's our chief. And he, flee, he fled from you to throw himself into the ocean. فأمنه, give him safety. Remember this day, aside from that list of people, the Prophet is saying yes to everything. Give me something that the, he would know okay, that he's safe. So he took that. So, so he took off the turban that he had entered Mecca. Because why? Because how do you know it's his cloth? It's He gave him the cloth that Safwan saw. Everyone saw the Prophet wearing this turban, it was a black turban, into Mecca, right? Everyone saw that. So he said, take this turban and give it to him. That's the sign of his safety. So the Prophet gave him a sign that he would have known. Umayyah would have known this. Okay. He says then, فَقَرَجَ بِهَا عُمَيْرَ حَتَّى أَدْرَكَهُ Umair went out with this turban until he caught up to him in Jeddah وهو يريد أن يركب البحر while he was trying to get onto the uh, uh, boat فقال يا صفوان فداك أبي وأمي 
Okay. My, my, my mother and father be ransomed for me. You're my chief, basically, he's saying. Okay. This turban is the sign of the prophets giving you safety. I brought it for you. Okay. Safwan, yeah, he's a disgraced, defeated chief. He says, Woe to you, go away from me, don't even talk to me. Okay. He says, Safwan, my my mother and father be ransomed for you. All right. I that's how much I love you. I would I would use if you were prison that that expression means if you were a prisoner, I would give my mom and dad to get you back. It's an expression. Okay. So he said, Muhammad, the best of people, the most loyal of people, the least anger, he is the best of people, and he's your cousin. His glory is going to be your glory because the story doesn't end here. And his conquest will become your conquest. So you're part of this. Take your share. Okay. I'm afraid for myself. I don't know if this is real or not. He said he is more Halim. Halim is so slow to anger and Karim is generous. He's Ahlam and Akram. He's more slow, slow to anger and he's more generous than this. He's not going to come. He's not going to kill you. So they went back together and he stood in front of the Messenger. Safwan says, this man is claiming that you have made, you've given me safety. The Prophet says one word, Sadaqa. He said the truth. Then give me two months for me to choose. Now, this is, listen to this. These people were smart. You don't want to look like you're just entering Islam because you got caught, right? He doesn't want to look like that. So he said, then leave me alone. I'll decide if I want to become Muslim or not. Give me two months. What does the prophet say? I'll give you four months. So this happened many times. Many, many times a chief has been captured, right? And the prophet gives him Islam. He says, this is Islam. Come, look at this. Watch the people pray. Look at what the community is doing. He shows him, paraphrasing here, okay? And the person refuses to accept Islam. But the prophet, I said, him sees his attitude changing, his mind is changing, his behavior is changing, his antagonism is gone. This happened on a number of occasions, not just once. And then the Prophet would say, do you accept or not? He said, no. So the Prophet, this happened in Medina. I'll, I'll give you the one example. He, he took a king and he tied him up to the, tied, him, tied his body up to a tree in the mosque. And he would send, send him food. And the man would sleep there, eat there, go to the bathroom somewhere else and come back and be a captive. Why did the Prophet put him in the mosque? So he could see the Salah. He could hear the Quran. And he did this for a month. The Prophet saw the change in him. But the man said, no, not entering Islam. So the Prophet said, okay, free him. Let him go. They said, oh, Master of Allah, he didn't accept Islam. The Prophet said, let him go. The guy, come, the guy leaves. A few period of time later, he comes right back. This is what happened. 
He literally left, exited the city of Medina, came back. He said, I did not want anybody to say that I became Muslim out of fear or that I was conquered. So I wanted to show everybody that I'm a free man outside the city and I'm doing this by my own free will. Right. So the he left the city lines. Everyone saw him leave. He could have left for good. He came back on his own free will. So, so the Safwan, so it's the same thing here. The he said, "Give me two months. I'll decide if I want to do this or not." The Prophet said, "I'll give you four months." Ibn Ishaq says, "Those the Muslims on that day that came to witness the conquest of Mecca were ten thousand. How did they judge back in the day? By how many camels were slaughtered for food?" So what was the food? There wasn't like when you eating in the Arab for the Arabs is eating basically meat, right? Because there's not going to have enough bread for 10,000 people or whatever. So they, but they had animals. So they're slaughtering. When you slaughter, you get to count. Also, don't, don't think that they were just, you know, people don't know how to count back in those days. They know how to count. And if you divide the army into four and within the each division, there's another div set of divisions. You can count how many military men that you have. Okay. The Fath of Mecca came with 10 nights remaining. In other words, on the 20th of Ramadan, on the 8th of the Hijrah. Right. Eighth, eighth year after the Hijrah. The Prophet stayed 15 nights in Mecca. All right. Uh, 15 nights in Mecca after that, receiving the people. Okay, Amongst the people he received was Shema. Shema, she was a girl. She said, I am the prophet's sister. They said, the prophet doesn't have a sister. She said, I am his sister. Let me see him. The prophet they, they said, oh, Master of Allah, there is a woman here that she says she's your sister. He said, bring her in. He said, I'm your, she said, I'm your sister. He said, how are you my sister? She said, I'm Halima's daughter. Halima Sa'diyah. So I'm your sister by wet nursing. And he says, show me the proof. So she puts her arm, shoulder, she was an older woman. Now she puts her shoulder down and there was a bite mark. And she said, you did that. You bit me when, as a baby. And the bite of any other child would have gone away. Right? But... Uh, you were always unique and the bite mark stayed. So his bite mark as a child, he had bitter as a child and that was her sign and the Prophet ﷺ sat with her. Then the dorm, the person came in and said, Oh, Master of Allah, some of the leaders of Quraysh are here to see you. He refused to break the meeting with Shema. He stayed with her for a long time talking about Halima and then he offered her a home in Medina to take care of her. She said, No, I, I'd rather go back to my family. And she went back to her family. But he kept the leaders waiting until Shemet was finished talking. As much as she wanted to talk, she talked. Right? And that was the son of the Prophet ﷺ. When someone came to him that wanted to talk, that he would talk until uh, as much as they wanted to talk. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he went out to Hawazin and Thaqif for the Battle of Hunain to meet them. And they met at Hunain all right, to take over Ta'if as well, to conquer a Ta'if. 
اوكي اخبارنا عبد الواحد بن احمد المليحي ان احمد بن عبد النعيمي اخبرنا محمد بن يوسف حدثنا محمد بن اسماعيل حدثنا ابو نعيم حدثنا شيبان عن يحيى بن ابي كثير بن ابي كثير عن ابي سلمه عن ابي هريره ان خزاعه قتلوا رجلا وقال محمد بن اسماعيل قال and then he goes into different chains we'll continue this later inshallah ta'ala but that is the basic summary of what happened on the day in which the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam conquered or entered into mecca yawm al-fath and in it as we will continue to read from this until we finish it completely uh, the tafsir of surat an-nasr okay surat idha jaa nasrullah wal-fath okay so we will stop here and we will inshallah ta'ala uh, continue reading from this later on but right now we will do a little bit of ramadan prep okay let's do a little bit of ramadan prep okay and see what we got here okay so first of all let's see if there's any comments about this section Why is not showing up? They bothering us again with some kind of limit. How is it not showing up? That's weird. Why isn't uh, why isn't it showing up? That's weird. That's weird. All right. Well, that's, I don't know what's going on, but. What is a shadow ban, by the way? Why is that? Yeah. Is that me? Because someone filed a complaint. What's touchy that we talked about? We talk about anything. La ilaha illallah is touchy for them. Well, who cares? It's, your, it's their platform. Do what you want. It's you know, it's their platform. They love Qom Lutz, so should have canceled me a long time ago. That's my opinion. I mean, if I was, if I, ha I have beliefs, right? <laughs> you come on my platform and you say nonsense, I'm going to cancel you. So they think that what we're saying is, you know, let's cancel. Let's close the stream and reopen it. We're going to close the stream and reopen it. And anyway, that's good because we're going to basically, uh, it's going to be a different topic anyway. So you could share that. Just share that actually real quick. And then just hit share. 
and then we'll go to So the people on YouTube and uh, they're just waiting right now, right? All right, we're on. Just zoom us in a little bit then. Uh, up a little bit though yeah that's perfect that's perfect all right ready and all righty assalamu alaikum we are back probably shadow banned but who cares right this is the word of allah let everyone uh let it be on instagram youtube who cares wherever it is you guys put it wherever but now it looks like maybe it's it's better off right you, you see it on your phone? We just did the conquest of Mecca. Now we're going to do Ramadan prep. Okay. So we're going to read from the Risala of Ibn Abi Zayd al-Qairawani. So we're good now, says grown-up uh, Hasi. Okay. So we're good now. I think maybe because of the Illinois post. Illinois. What did I say about Illinois? Cozy Chloe, tell me. What did I say about Illinois that was... Um, what did I say about Illinois? Can't remember. All right, let's read Babas Siam until Cozy Closey reminds us what I said about Illinois. Was it about the judge or something? Okay, here we go. Thubut Dukhul Ramadan. So, first of all, uh, the first thing that to know about our ibadah, we don't do any ibadah with doubt. You have to be certain when you do an act of worship. So you cannot do an obligatory act of worship as a maybe. You can't do it as, for example, uh, I don't know if it's the yet. Let me just pray, right? Uh, I don't know about um, this, that, or the other. So let me just do it just in case. Just in case can be done in two circumstances. Number one, if it's a, it's a nafila, if it's an extra ibadah. And number two, if you're repeating something, because just in case I was incorrect when I prayed, right? That you may do, all right? But you cannot uh, fast Ramadan on a just in case. Maybe, maybe not. So how do we know that the month of Ramadan is in? And this is always a little bit of a, a pickle that Muslim community, uh, the Muslim community finds itself in, because technically by our law, we only uh, accept that the month is in by the new moon. Why by the new moon? Is because that is something that all people can witness. Whereas a calculation is something that only a group of specialists would know. And we believe in specialization and all these things, but for our acts of worship that the law has for the ummah, he wants a method that all people could access. All right, that is accessible for all people rather than something just for the specialists. All right. So that's why there's this insistence on the new moon. We have to witness it. At least two people with their eyes or even one person who's reliable or a lot of general uh, population of people. All right. So 
what is the problem with that? All the masajid for admin purposes, for practicalities purposes, whether we like it or not, the way it is, is they go by calculation, right? Here's the thing. The, the calculation has developed in that it's two th two ways. Either the calculation of when the new moon would start or the calculation of when the new moon is visible. This latter calculation, when the new moon is visible, has proven to always match so far. I think once out of every seven years, there's a problem. So alhamdulillah, the masajid that we live in and operate in, they all go by the visibility calculation, which is, I think, the Fiqh Council of North America, ISNA or whatever. I think it's, I think ISNA's Fiqh Council is ISNA, an ISNA organization. But out of, like, my 10 years at MBIC, alhamdulillah, we've never had an issue, right? That whatever the visibility calculation has said, because we're fortunately that we're on the West side of the ummah of the globe okay there's uh maghrib is hitting in all these countries right well in advance of us so that we could just wait and most likely one of them have has witnessed the new moon one of those countries they do have a witness of the new moon so alhamdulillah we don't have any issues okay because the masajid are set in their ways on following the fiqh council okay and yet we're teaching these this classical text and we don't depart from the mashhur al-madhab. Okay. The mashhur meaning the dominant acceptable positions of, of the madhab. And so therefore, alhamdulillah, we don't have any problem with it. Up till now, I've never had a problem. All right. Okay. Thank you, Cozy Chloe, for letting us know. Cozy Chloe is a social media platform administrator herself. She didn't tell us for what organization, but she says when they post Palestine or trans stuff, they get shadow banned for at least three months. Right? She 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 it's a it's a large social media account that she monitors, right? So okay. Now, the first thing that you have to have is you have to have the intention of fasting before the, the Fed, before Fajr comes in. When? Once. The beginning of the month only. You do not need to renew this every night. You don't have to re redo the intention every night. However, when do you re need to redo your intention? Only when you break your fast for a reason. Of sickness. Okay. Or of travel. Right, and it's always better to fast while traveling. But if you can't fast, then you can break your fast, and we'll talk about when to break your fast when traveling, because when you're traveling, you only break the fast uh, if you are traveling before Fajr. If Fajr comes in and you are home, you maintain that fast. You owe that. You have to fast that day. So let's say it's the middle of the day of Ramadan. I decide let's go to let's go travel, and we go travel a long distance. We can't just break your fast, no. So if you have woken up at Fajr in your hometown, you owe the rest of that day, even if you're traveling 15 hours on a plane, right? And why shouldn't you fast? You're just sitting there on a plane doing nothing, right? So you fast. All right. So that's the thing. Now, that's the only time that you need to renew your intention. All right. And it's from the sunnah 
of course, that you have suhoor and that you have iftar. And that you have suhoor close to fajr and that you have your iftar right after maghrib. And the sunnah for us is that you break your fast with a couple dates and milk and water and you pray right away. You make salah right away. You do not eat your dinner before praying maghrib. All right. Now, all right. Now, who is it that has to not eat even though he's not fasting? There are a couple categories of people who are, they have to not eat even though they're not fasting. And amongst them, if you come back from a journey, but you're not eating, let's say, right? I'm not eating. I, I mean, you're not fasting. So I was traveling all day. I arrived back here at the airport at, let's say, two in the afternoon. And it's in the month of Ramadan. Because you're now home and, and you have no medical excuse not to fast, people may accuse you. And also just for the sake of respecting the month, you don't eat even though you're not fasting. All right. That's the mumsik al-muftir. So he's withholding from eating, but he is he's not fasting. It's just that he doesn't have the medical excuse. He only was not broke had broken his fast because he was traveling. So in that case, he does he he does not eat, although he's not fasting. Okay. Also, the woman who her menstrual period ended in the middle of the day. Okay. Her hayd ended in the middle of the day. She's not fasting, right? She opened the day without fasting. But now her reason for not fasting is over. She 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 doesn't eat. Out of recommendation. Of course, there's no sin if she eats, but out of recommendation. Is that clear to everyone? All right. Now let's talk about the uh when you take suhoor it is a recommendation to stop, according to one hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, the amount of times it takes you to recite 60 verses before Fajr. So that's about 15 minutes. Now let's talk about Fajr itself. We stop eating. there. If you look at any of your, your phones and your calendars, all right, let's just open this up, this app, for example. All right, let's open up this app. This is the Pillars Prayer app. I get this because it has no commercial. Just give me straight to the prayer times. I don't want anything else. Just the prayer times, okay? Now, if you go to settings and you go to prayer times, right? You're going to get the calculation method for Fetch, all right? Calculation method. And what you're going to look for, this is my personal advice to you, is when it says 18 degrees, Okay? All of them, they say 18 degrees or more, pretty much, except for one. It says North America Isna. North America is the only one that shows 15 degrees. That's their calculation, how they got to that, uh, probably by they went for a moon sighting and they checked and they found it to be 15 degrees. Whatever it is. Yeah. So let me just make this point about the 18 and 15. So what I do is I break, I stop my fast about a few minutes before the 18 degrees fedger. That's where you're absolutely certain. But then there's a gap, and I pray after 15 degrees. Okay? So you have a, a little bit of a gap of 20 minutes, right? That you just sit there, you wait, and then you pray at 15 degrees. So you have to understand that the ways of calculating fedger is not, like, agreed upon. So the smartest thing to do, where you have no doubts, 
is to go out to 18 degrees, which is most of the world, by the way. Only America is at 15 degrees. Why? I have no idea. But whatever. I'm not attacking them. I'm just saying that's how it is. 18 degrees, we stop, eat, and then 15 degrees, we make salah. Okay. That's what you should do. Next. Uh, you had a question? Yes. Yeah, so someone, Muhammad asked, if someone becomes a traveler before Fajr, then becomes a resident before Dahwa Kubra, without having before eaten, who? Dahwa Kubra, mm-hmm. before having eaten anything, are they now obligated to fast or is it still optional? If you're a traveler and you came in, but you haven't eaten yet, the, uh, do you continue that day of fast? You came into the city like shortly right after Fajr. The answer to that is you ha- you must have made the intention before Fajr. If you did not make the intention and you came in even five minutes after Fajr, you're not fasting, but you have to not eat. Or it's as a recommendation you don't eat. But remember, you need to make the in- renew your intention to fast every time you break your fast due to traveling or sickness. Clear? All right. All right. Now... Uh, Remember that we separate between breaking the fast of an obligatory fast or a recommended fast. All fasts are divided either obligatory or recommended. If you intentionally break an obligatory, uh, a recommended fast, you intentionally break a recommended fast, you owe the day. You have to make up the day and you're sinful. You break it for no reason. Okay? If you break it for a reason, then you don't owe the day. Like, what's a what's a, re- a reason to break a recommended fast? You got guests. And the guests, you had to feed them, and it was awkward otherwise. Or you became a guest, and the person said, eat. Wallahi, you have to eat. You can eat. Or you became lightheaded, which you wouldn't break a Ramadan fast for that, but you could break a Nafida fast for that. You don't owe anything. Okay? And there's no kafara except making up the day for a recommended fast. Of course, for an obligatory fast, it's totally different. All right. Now, let's talk about some other things that uh, break the fast before we get to the muftirat. We're going to get to the muftirat, but let's talk about some little th- question. Yeah, I have a question. Yeah. What if you break a makeup fast? Breaking a makeup fast, also, there's no kafara for that. Okay. Even though it's sinful, but there's no kafara. You just have to make up the day. All right. Let's talk about the most important thing is what? breaks the fast what are uh the muftirats all right okay the muftirats very simply that the obligation of, of fasting is is intent all right and avoiding the muftirats that's it that's that's the only obligation of fasting the intention of fasting and avoiding the muftirats the muftirats is that which breaks your fast and they are any fluid any liquid that enters the throat, throat or anything lower, of course, right? If it enters the throat, you've broken your fast. Whether it's through the nose, like you inhaled the vapor, or you were gargling or making wudu and it went into your throat, you were sloppy. In other words, you should have been more cautious, but you weren't. So that's one thing. Any solid that enters the stomach, whether it enters the stomach by uh, however you enter into the stomach. He breaks the fast. Any release of semen. A se- semen is not for a man. It's not going to be released by accident. 
It's going to be released by force, right? By an action that you did. Ent entrance of your private parts into the vagina of a woman. Sorry if there's kids here. Right? Even if there's no um, release of semen. Okay? You've broken the fast. The intent to break the fast is enough to break the fast. Intentional vomiting breaks the fast. Okay? Intentional vomiting breaks the fast. Okay? Hijama, if you do hijama, which is like, like let's say you give blood and you get dizzy because of that, you've broken the fast. That doesn't count as a sickness. So let's say you donate blood or you did hijama. I mean, hardly anyone ever does hijama anymore, which I think hijama is good. When I did hijama, my mom does hijama for me. She does it for like the people in the community. And she's got these glasses and she took like a class and she's already a medical doctor anyway. So she heats up the cups and then she puts them on your back and you got like five, six, seven, eight, nine cups on your back and you lay down. And then um, after a while, when the suction, it's as if these cups have done a suction cup and the, the skin is raised, she lifts the cup and then she makes a couple scratches with a, a blade and then she closes it again. And then that bat, which considered the bat, attracted the bad blood. I did this, I'm telling you, for about two weeks after that, I was refreshed. I woke up in the morning like I didn't really feel like I needed to eat or have coffee or anything. Like I was refreshed. I felt like it worked. I, I need to do it more though. It's one of those things like you need to do it more so that you always getting that, that thick, heavy blood out of your system. That's hijama. Or if you're donating blood, let's say there's a crisis and they call for donation of blood. If you do that in the fast of Ramadan, willingly, then you get sick from that. You've broken your fast. That's not a valid sickness. Okay? It's not a valid sickness. What about the suwak? You can use it all day. You can use the suwak all day. What about rinsing out your mouth because you're hot? You could do that. What about uh, making wudu, rinsing out your mouth? You could do that. No haraj in that. And there are certain things, if if water was to get into your mouth, it's completely forgivable, where it's unavoidable. Like what? You're walking and it's raining on you. Or you're in the shower and you're inhaling some vapor. All those are forgivable. As in the, if, if it's in a situation where you couldn't help yourself. Biqadri 1, she says, hijam is a staple treatment of her, your patients. What kind of med uh, physician are you? Are you like um, natural medicine or actual... Uh, tell us about your your situation, so that we can make benefit. Yes, Ryan. Someone Muhammad had asked if someone vomited without trying, and they thought they broke the fast. Or I guess if any of these cases, if someone brought thought they broke their fast and then they ate after that because they thought, do they have to do kafara? If someone vomited by accident, is the question? No, uh, um, oh, okay. Then they just a oh, one day. Because when, what we do here, when we look at why people break their fast, if it's a, a reason that's a, a clear, a, it could be a misunderstanding, they owe oh, one day. But if it's something far off, there's no way that this is a real misunderstanding. You're playing dumb. You owe the kafar. Okay. Is that clear for everyone? The one thing, uh, I think Sheikh Harun. Yeah. Told was like 
the kafara is for breaking the sacredness of Ramadan. Yes. Like you're just stomping. Yeah. It's for the sacredness of Ramadan. And it's if, if, the, if the understanding is close, then it's only qadat one day. Like I'll tell you an understanding that's that's close and an understanding that's not close. Someone once said, like, if there's food in my mouth, right, then in the then comes, I can swallow it. Okay. If there's, but then someone said, if there's a whole, if there's food in your plate, and the adhan goes off, you can finish your plate. We say to them, that's not a close understanding at all. You have to make a uh, kafara for that. And we're going to talk about what the kafara is. Okay. Now, what about the pregnant, the breastfeeding, the old person, these categories of people, the surgeon? All right. If you are, uh, uh, if you're sick and traveling, we know that you can break your fast. And you make up one day. However, if a whole year passes by and you didn't make up your day, then you owe one day plus fidya. Fidya means that you are going to feed one poor Muslim. All right. But if you break your fast on account of somebody else, like the breastfeeding woman, if she she's herself is healthy, but if she fasts, her baby won't get enough milk. Or the surgeon. He himself can fast, but while he's doing surgery, if uh, he gets dizzy, then the person will suffer. Then that's a major problem. Or a driver, for example. He's a bus driver all day. He's driving and he's about like to have an accident. Anytime that other people are in your care and, you, and you're getting dizzy because of the fast, then you may break your fast on two conditions. The first condition is you tried to fast. You can't say, oh, today I got a big surgery, so uh, forget it. I'm not even going to fast. No, you have to try and fast. And if you start getting dizzy, then you may break your fast. That's the first condition. Second condition, you don't owe just a makeup. You owe a makeup and a fidya. Why? Because you're not breaking the fast just for yourself. You're breaking it for somebody else. Right. Ryan, you have a question? Yeah, we have a couple questions. Shoot. Um, when using the miswak, do you have to spit out the moisture from it or can you use that freely? No, if there's anything comes into the miswak from you, you spit it out, right? And if you use a toothbrush and toothpaste, you just have to realize if you get any liquid in your throat, you've broken your fast. So you have to be very shallow about that. And you've, using the miswak will be even safer for you. So another question, how about the aftertaste of toothpaste or mouthwash before insect? Does this break your fast? Having no, that after doesn't break your fast. Okay. And another one. What if you felt weak and you intended to break your fast, but then you re regained your strength and continued the fasting? Intent yeah. Intending to break your fast in the future or now? Interesting. I guess in both cases, like, all right, you're saying I'm weak. I'm going to break my fast 30 minutes early. <laughs> or if so, I, I guess in this case, it's like I'm, I'm weak. I'm walking to the refrigerator to get water. And then like the sunlight. I feel better. Right. No, if you the moment you intend to break your fast, your fast is over. Because we said intent and imsek. Imsek means withholding from the muftirat. That's the only pillars of fasting. There's a question here from Fatima Brana. Can you please uh tell us which what did you mean by the question in terms of uh the the girls upon height? Okay. Now, what happens if someone is sick? to a point that they 
can never fast. They pay fidya for every day that they miss. Let's say you have any type of sickness like diabetes. Or you have old age. Old age is a sickness, essentially, right? You cannot fast due to weakness. You pay a fidya every, for every day, okay? You pay a fidya for every day. All right. Uh, Frankie says, do transgenders fast? <laughs> Has to come up, right? Uh, they do fast. To, to change your gender is sinful, but you, the sharia still applies to you, right? So they're going to fast. All right. If they're in their transition and they have to take hormones, they're treated as sick. Even though the process that they began is sinful, if they medically have to continue it or else they'll get worse, that's treated as a sickness. They have qada. All right. Uh, how much is the fidya in the United States? It's $10. If you write into the masjid, $10 in a check or cash and you mark it fidya because fidya must go to a poor Muslim. Okay. Uh, all the makeup days have to be done in the year. Is that correct? Says the question. The answer is no. It doesn't have to be. And there's if, But if you delay it one full year or more, then you owe fidya along with qada. Qada is the makeup, and you owe an extra fidya on top of that. Okay? So that's for the someone who is old age or somebody who is uh, permanently sick. They will never fast. They owe fidya the entire time. And there's no haraj for them to eat in the month of Ramadan. Because remember, not eating and not fasting at the same time is only for the person who did have an excuse earlier in the day to break his fast, but no longer has it, the excuse somewhere in the middle of the day. Like a woman such as she's on Haid, and then her Haid stops at Dhuhr, right? So she's not fasting, but she should withhold because she would have been fasting, right? Likewise, someone who was traveling in the, more, in the beginning of the day, so he doesn't fast, but he arrives in the middle of the day, he withholds, okay? Because of the sanctity of Ramadan, as a recommendation. Let's talk about children and fasting. There is no obligation of children to fast before they reach puberty. And if a person does not reach puberty because of a sickness, then we consider it to be the age of 18. Okay. And puberty, we know, is when a boy releases semen or a woman releases blood. Okay. And once they do that, then they have to fast. Now, it's not reasonable to say, all of a sudden, you're going to fast 30 days. So what do we do? We teach these children how to fast half a day and then up to dhuhr and then up to asr and then up to maghrib that's how most muslim families do it so that once they reach bulugh they already know how to fast there's a lot of questions coming in we're going to take your questions inshallah don't worry you got this so uh when a kid is let's say five years old this too young maybe seven years old okay fast till dhuhr eight years old probably fast half the time till Dhuhr or until Asr. And maybe one day he fasts until Maghrib. Nine years old, he fasts till Asr and then half the days till Maghrib and half the days till Asr. By the age of 10, he should be fasting until Maghrib. Okay. Uh, not like some of the kids in our family, right? Having a bowl of syrup. I'm fasting. I'm just having a, a snack, right? <laughs> uh, so, a man and his and his wife, they had relations before Fajr. Then they wake up, oh my gosh, 
We only got 30 minutes for suhoor. Let's run downstairs, cook up suhoor while they are junub. Junub means that they had sexual intercourse and then they have to take ghusl. So they're junub. Or a woman, she's on hayd, but her hayd stopped. Her menstruation stopped like 10 minutes before fajr. What do they do? Nothing. nothing. They, they're fine. They go downstairs. They eat their suhoor. Then they go back upstairs. They take their shower and they pray fajr. You can be junub, okay, into fajr while fasting. You can be junub while fasting. You're just going to eat your suhoor first. Then you go and you uh, make your ghusl. So you do not have to be upon tahara when fajr comes in. You don't have to be. Okay. All right. Let's talk about someone who breaks his fast accidentally. Okay. Of course, all of this is in the Maliki Fiqh. من أفطر ناسيا أو لضرورة ومن أفطر في نهار رمضان ناسيا فعليه القضاء فقط. If you break your fast on accident, and it happens to people, like your blood sugar is so low, you totally forgot you were fasting, that you ate, uh, you drank some water in the middle of the day, and then you realize, oh my God, I'm fasting. What did I, what did I do? You continue fasting, but you have to owe a day. You continue fasting, but you owe a day. Same thing for someone who was sick. So he took Excedrin and then he feels great by Asr time. Let's say you, like you're dying of a headache at Dhuhr time and this is a sickness. So you break your fast. Like you have a severe headache, not a light headache, a severe headache. Like this is a sickness. You're out. You break your fast. You drink your water. You took your cup of tea. Now you feel wonderful. Now you stop. You stop, you don't need it the rest of the day. Khalas. Why? Because you now you don't you don't have the excuse anymore. Remember what we said. If you don't have the excuse anymore, you don't eat, even though you're not fasting. Okay. Woman safara safaran tuqsaru fihi salah falahu an yuftira illam tanalhu daruratun wa alayhi alqada wa sawm wa habu ilayna woman safara akalla min arbaati burudin falanna anna alfitra mubahun lahu fa aftara falaka farat alayhi wa alayhi alqada. When while traveling, if it's a travel in which you could shorten the prayer, it is better to fast, but you may break their fast. But remember what we said is that you must, that travel must have commenced at night. So let's say I'm traveling somewhere, travel at night, then you could break the fast the next day. Before, as long as you, you fast, you, you started your travel and you, uh, anytime between Maghrib and Fajr, then you could f break the fast the next day. If you start your travel after Fajr, you must remain fasting that day. Okay. Now let's talk about um, when do you not have to do kafara and you have to do only qada. So what is qada? Qada is makeup one day. Kafara is feeding 60 poor Muslims. That's kafara. Feeding 60 poor Muslims per day. So that 300, how much is it? $600. If it's $10, right? $600. If you break your fast on something that is a reasonable misunderstanding, okay, then you only break up the day. You don't have to break up fara. Rather, if you break the fast knowingly and there is no uh, way to interpret this, except that you had no respect for the month, then you owe one day qada, 
and you owe the kafara. $600, you have to write kafara on the envelope so the masjid could give it to the people who are poor Muslims. Okay. Well, kafara to be that it almost a teen miskin and liquid miskin in mud. You're not going to go and feed 60 people unless you want to. You could do that, or you could just give it to the masjid. Every masjid has a list of poor people in the community that it's for the sake of privacy. They want to be private. So only the masjid has that list. Give us your kafara. We don't they don't want to announce to the whole community that they're poor. And so you get your uh, uh they 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 will pay the, the give them the food. Okay. Or you could free a slave. You can go to Mauritania and you could free a slave. Right? Or you can fast two straight months. But if you're making up your qada, I, I owe a day. And on that day, I didn't do well and I intentionally broke my makeup day. There's no kafara. All you have to do is just make up the day because it's not in Ramadan. How about someone who faints while fasting? If you fainted and you wake up after Fajr, you don't fast and you eat if you need to because he just, he, he just woke up from fainting so he might need food. You only eat what you need and you make up one day. However, for the prayer, if you fainted, let's say I fainted for two days and then I woke up during dhuhr. I only owe dhuhr. I don't owe those two days. The, the fainting person is not obligated to do anything. Right? The obligation of the shia is not on him except for the fast because the fast is only a few days whereas the prayers will be many. All right. Now, it is what's really recommended in the fast is that your all of your behavior has to be different. So you're, you should really be monitoring your speech and your limbs. And you should not be doing much lahu. You should be doing ibadah more than that, more than your regular. And avoiding lahu, waste of time, news, all that stuff, nonsense, YouTube, scrolling through your Instagram, uh, unless you're going to watch the Nathan Bafax live stream, scrolling through other stuff, okay, in the month of Ramadan. And you should not come clear close to your wife in Ramadan or your husband, okay, because it may end up breaking your fast, all right? If you go to your wife or your wife comes to you and you are now like touching each other right you are in the halal technically but you may end up going and breaking that fast all right so that is the problem here all right yani anna al-jima'a wa muqaddamati wa man yu'awwilu ilayhi tuharramu ala as-sa'imi fi nahari ramadan if you are weak like you're a brand new husband and wife this is haram for you to do wala khilafa anna al-jima'a istid'a al-mani al-muharram fi istisawmi as for looking and the thoughts that that's not going to be that's not haram but 
a kiss and everything that's after that okay and uh, uh, is makru if you think that uh it may lead you to what is haram but if you know that it's going to lead you to what breaking the fast then it is fully haram okay and if you're in the middle then it is haram as well okay you all got that all right now let's go to qiyam ramadan yes question a lot of questions we're going to get to that last thing before qiyam ramadan it is the qiyam of ramadan is tarawih is two rakas minimum but the masajid should establish what is sunnah of Sayyidina Umar or Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdul Aziz which is 20 or 36 out of recommendation if your masjid was to establish 10 rakas, 8 rakas, 6 rakas, 25 rakas, 24 rakas it doesn't make, make a difference but the sunnah and the mashur is 20 rakas whatsoever you pray is tarawih whether you pray 2 or 10 or 4 or 8 or 20 or 36 it's all tarawih we do not have any debate on that subject but what the masjid is sunnah for them to apply is what Sayyidina Umar established, right? Which is 20 rakas, all right? And why did they do that? So that it could be easier for you to get out. Let's say I want to only pray a little bit more. If the rakas are short, I could do that. But if the rakas are really long, then I get stuck. All right, let's go. We'll go Instagram and then we'll go to Ryan. So first question here. Can you please explain about the smell from the mouth of the fasting person being dear to Allah, but we don't like it in this world? Yes. If you are fasting alone, then the smell, then you leave your mouth. But if you are mixing with people, you use the miswak. And the Prophet ﷺ did that. He took a cloth and he used to wipe his tongue with that cloth so that you do not offend the people. So if you're with people, you clean your mouth. If you're alone, don't clean your mouth. Because the Prophet ﷺ said that uh, it is the, the smell of the mouth of a person while fasting. In the heavens, the angels consider it musk. It's like nice for them because it's a sign of worship. Um, Karma Tour says, what if people are born transgender? Uh, I think what you mean, maybe they're, they, they're some kind of mixed gender. Fasting is obligatory upon them, yes. If someone lost his job, how can he ask Allah to give him a new one? By waking up in the middle of the night and making a sincere dua uh, while saying la ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu min al-zalimin fatima brana says so when women have to make up their fast due to menstruation and they don't make them up in that year but they make them up in the following year do they fast and and feed yes they do they fast one day and they give the fidya as well orion you're up okay can you give fidya on behalf of a parent who has dementia and is not conscious of Ramadan? Can you give fidya on behalf of a parent who has dementia? Once your parent has dementia, that is not considered a sickness anymore. That's beyond a sickness. They're no longer mukallaf at all. They don't have to fast at all. So you don't even have to give fidya for them. What about giving fidya for other other people who are mukallaf? because they're not able if if other people who are mukallaf and they can't give fidya or someone died is on someone else's behalf you can give it on someone else's behalf but if they're capable of giving it they must intend it and they could hire you as wakil as my agent but they have to intend it too okay 
Safat says, I heard in the Maliki Madhab that if you break your fast out of forgetfulness, you have to make it up. Yes, he continues fasting. He has no sin against him, but he, he owes a day. No fidya for someone who forgot. Oh, Frankie was just joking, by the way. Okay. When he asked, can transgenders fast? Uh, Sanana says, I thought that if you don't have uh, signs of puberty, that it's at the age of 15, not 18. That's Hanafi. We say 18. Okay, next question says, can you save this live, please? Yes, we will save it. All of our live streams are at YouTube backslash Safina Society. Look for the live playlist, Nothing But Facts. They're also here, too, on Instagram and on Twitter. Okay, will these sessions continue in Ramadan? They will, except for the last 10 days. And if you're all in the driving distance from MBIC, you really should come because we have a great Ramadan at MBIC. We also have a really nice IHOP, too. That's open like 24 hours a day. I think they all know we're coming with the Ramadan. Okay. Those who don't wake up for suhoor, but they intend to fast and make niyyah. Is that acceptable? Yes, it is acceptable. All right. You 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 don't need to redo intention in Ramadan unless you break, broke your fast. You make the intention the night of Ramadan, the first night of Ramadan, which is for us, inshallah, is going to be Friday. You make the intention. That could last you the whole month unless you become sick or travel. Then you renew your intention. So let's say on the first of Ramadan, I intend I'm going to fast this month of Ramadan. And I miss suhoor. Or I intentionally sleep through suhoor. I'm still fasting. I'm good. All right. So that's Sanana's question. Can you do nasal irrigation while fasting? You, no, you cannot. You cannot irrigate your nose while fasting because that fluid, you can do the istinshaq and istintar of wudu but you cannot inhale like Vaseline or something, and then it's going to get into your throat. Cannot do that. Uh, Ryan, you have a question. What if you, what if somebody has marital relations forgetting that they're fasting? They they completely had marital relations. He must have gone to the Muadda Iftar, the singles Iftar, <laughs> right? So uh, if you completely forgot while fasting, you owe one day. Okay. You owe one day. And congratulations, must really be in love at that point. Uh, is chapstick or oils on your lips allowed if your lip is dry? It's discouraged to do that, but it will not break your fast. The chap lips does not break your fast. Ryan, applying ginger on your skin, oil on your skin, not does not break your fast. So right. They asked, what's the difference between kafara and fidya? Just... What's the difference between kafara and fidya? Fidya... Number one, you really didn't disrespect the month of Ramadan for Fidya. So you only owe one, feed one poor Muslim. But Kafara, you actually disrespected the sanctity of Ramadan. You're feeding 60 poor Muslims. $600 Fidya. It's the, the, in the time of the Prophet, it was this much of food, which is we calculated as $10 today. You put it in the mosque, Kafara. Okay. You don't have to put your name. Put a nice big fat wad of cash. Okay, like like a, a drug deal or something. Put an envelope, kafara, put it in the masjid box anonymously if you want to. That way, that's going. They're going to give it to the poor Muslims of the community. If you know a poor Muslim, you can buy the food yourself. And what what food do we buy? We buy olive oil, honey, rice, flour, cereal. We buy the stuff, the, the the everyday foods of people, or any food. Okay. Any food 
that people eat in their homes. Okay, and that's but but we do it every year. We take the zakat al-mal, uh, sorry, zakat al-fitr, and we go out there to Costco. Most of the country has Costco, right? And there's BJ's too. We go to Costco and we just buy in bulk the 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 dry goods that will not go rotten, right, and become rotten, and we give it to the people. Same food that's given in kafara and fidya. Kaf, kafara is sixty different Muslims. Poor Muslims. Now, you don't have the capacity to do that. Okay? The masajid, they all know who the poor people are. And they, they give it out. Mazhar says, If I have difficulty breathing, it's resolved by drinking water. Do I continue my fast after having that water? No, you will basically be considered that you were sick. And you broke your fast due to sickness. Once you are now no longer sick, you, you are not fasting. But as a recommendation and a respect for the month, you don't longer eat. You don't eat for the rest of the day. And then you make up one day. Isra' says, if you have makeup fast, which I haven't done in time, and have given fidya last year, do you need to give gifts again this year? No. It doesn't keep adding every year. That's why the rule is, if you didn't make up your fast for one year or more. So let's say I didn't make up my fast for, for this is the Hijri year of 1443, right? So let's say in 1440, I broke a fast. I didn't fast all year until next Ramadan, 1441. Nor the year after that, nor the year after that, right? I only owe one fidya. I don't owe three fidya. One makeup day and one fidya. Okay. Brian, you're up. Okay. I once met a brother who used to keep two months of fasting just to please Allah Ta'ala and train his nafs. Maybe he was doing a secret kafara. Someone is fasting a lot. You're allowed to fast every day of the year except Eid. And the greatest nafila is Yom Arafah, the ninth of Dhul Hijjah. You should always fast that day. Titi Ansari says, are we allowed to travel during Ramadan? You are allowed to do any halal travel. Any halal travel is allowed in Ramadan and you make it up later on. And they don't. the days don't have to be together. So let's say I traveled for five days. Then later on, I'm making up my fast. It does not have to be five days in a row. It could be every Monday for five weeks. Do we have to make up past prayers? Please help. Lots of controversy. What's the proof? You do owe all of the prayers that you had. The only method that didn't do that, say that, is the Hanbali method because they do not consider that you were a Muslim and none of your good deeds counted. Okay, But in all the other schools, the proof is that, that Allah obligated it and you did not fulfill it. So you owe him that debt of salah. You should pray every prayer two times. Don't do any sunnahs. Two times for the number of years that you didn't pray. Let's say I didn't pray for five years. I pray all my prayers two times for five years. Don't worry about any sunnah. You just do that. Okay. All right. Let's go to some apps like Muslim Pro have something called Imsek. What is Imsek? The Prophet said, Stop eating the amount of risk that takes you to recite 60 verses. Yeah. So that's about 10, 15 minutes. So that there's no way that you could accidentally eat after fetch. That's the idea of what's called imsek, withholding. Right. So if 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 the if there's a fence here, would you drive right up to the fence or you do slow down way in advance of the fence? Right. So that's the idea of imsek. This Friday night, will be there be anything at MBIC? Yes. This Friday, we start MBIC NJ YouTube channel. 
we start our virtual khatsam of the Quran, and that night there will be tarawih. Praying all night and doing dhikr during Ramadan, sleeping after Fajr, is that a sin? No, that's usually what everyone does. We give night life to the night, and there's a little bit more sleep in the day. For most people, if they don't have to work. Ryan? Yeah, I think this question has a premise in it that might not be right, but can I pray or can I pay kafarah on behalf of someone who passed away who didn't fast for medical reasons? Yes, can you pray? No, not kafarah, fidya. fidya. Someone died, they owed fidya, and they died. You pray, and they had medical reasons not to fast, so they have no kafarah because they didn't, they had an excuse. Fidya, that's what you have to pay for them. Pay it on their behalf after the death. Quick Easy says, how do you warn or inform someone, uh, a person of backbiting, all right, warn about somebody if someone is backbiting? Who is it, Ryan? Who's here? Your mom? Bring her up. Let's meet your mom. All right. You are, this is not, we're going to stick to fasting today. We're going to fix it on the questions. Can we pray sunnah or nawafil like the two rakahs after wudu, even if it's between asr and maghrib? The answer is no. We don't pray any sunnah or nawafil after asr. Maham says, I struggle with suhoor. I just wake up five minutes before fajr, have a day in water. At least you had suhoor. Brian, you're up. Um, I just scrolled. Does anesthesia break the fast? No, it's not food that it doesn't fluid that it's in your throat or solids in your stomach does not break your fast. But anesthesia, if you if you go unconscious, then oh, if it's general anesthesia and you're putting yourself unconscious, then we have to ask: Is it a necessary surgery? If it's by necessity, then you may do that then you may do that in Ramadan and make up the day. If it's if it's an optional type of surgery, then no. Okay. Next. I once heard a saying that one who prays Tarawid and prays Shaf and Witr, then as, it's as if he prayed Qiyam all night. Is that true? If you pray Aisha in Jama'ah and Fajr in Jama'ah, it's as if you prayed uh, all night. That's from Ibn Abbas. Yeah. Does receiving blood plasma th- as an infusion break your fast? No. All right. Um, Islam should be easy, says Quick Easy. Right. So when there's multiple views, what do we do? We the, the common person follows the imam of your local community or who you trust. Right. And that should be sufficient. All right. If someone suffers from severe chronic migraines, that's a sickness. You break your fast. But you have to try to fast. You have to try to fast. And there's no fidya for that. Unless it's a permanent state. Like I permanently do not fast. A Muslim doctor has to tell you that. So you're allowed to go to any doctor, right? Muslim, kafir, Hindu, munafiq. You're allowed to go to anybody. But if it's for a religious dispensation, that professional, medical professional must be a Muslim. Okay. And he gives you a dispensation, says you have such a terrible, you know, headache situation. You can break your fast. All You should never fast. Then you don't fast. You pray fidya instead. As long as a Muslim physician told you that. Randa Dog says, or Randa the OG. She's an OG. What if someone has already missed a lot of years of fasting and does not remember how many days? Okay. You estimate. You overestimate. 
how much how much fasting that you owe and you owe those and because of years past you owe a fidya for each day okay you do owe them you have to estimate okay and you have to um so let's say how I many how many years is it going to be five years six years you're going to estimate and you do owe those days over time it doesn't have to be all at once over time in a reasonable schedule and you pay the fidya for that ten dollars for each day okay and the fidya can be made as a payment schedule too see sharia is like reasonable so you well you're paying your car payment in in uh parts right you can pay your fidya in parts i pay thirty dollars of fidya a month for like a year or whatever and you pay if I, I owe let's say 30 times 5 150 days right so if you fast every monday for three years that'll cover your fidya right i mean your qada something like that we can do that topical magnesium any anything that is in the skin is valid to take you can take it during the fast okay the nuri pie says what about medical medicinal cream yes you can take medicinal creams on your skin ryan what you got what madhab are we reading today we are reading the madhab of al-madina al-munawwara which is the madiki madhab someone said kissing the spouse while fasting is permissible question, kissing the fast question mark though. kissing your wife while fasting Alas, you're so in love that's wonderful good for you you don't have to show off on instagram <laughs> but yes you may do that but if you fear that it's going to cause you to go into breaking your fast then it becomes something you must avoid all right maham says did you say makeup fast and fidya yes let's say a person has 140 day fasts okay because many years have passed one or more years have passed between my makeup and now then you owe 140 days plus ten dollars per day one thousand four hundred dollars you will pay that over time of course right and if you say oh my gosh that's a lot it's not a lot your couch costs seven hundred dollars right your tv costs you eight hundred dollars your car costs you twenty six thousand dollars so you're buying paradise here so that's not a lot of cost at all Isra says, can you make Nia for Sunnah days like Arafah and be it makeup fast? That's an excellent question. I'm glad you asked that. The answer is no. Sunnah and Fard cannot be done together. Sunnah is Sunnah and Fard is Fard. Whether it's Salah or fasting, you can, you can combine multiple Sunnahs. You can combine the Sunnah of, for example, uh, Monday and some other Sunnah, fasting, no problem. But you cannot mix a Sunnah and a Fard in the intense the int why would be a big difference sunnah i do for myself fard i have to do there's a big difference right so that's why i can't afford the fidya then you don't pay it if you cannot afford the fidya someone's poor cannot afford the fidya they don't pay it some people eat during the adhan yes as soon as the adhan of maghrib 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 goes off you may eat but as soon as the adhan of fajr goes off you may not eat anymore you may only swallow what is in your mouth. That's it. What if someone has diabetes but doesn't have any money for fidya for 30 days? They do not pay anything. We should give them zakah. The ways of making up prayers are varied and not based on the sunnah. Contemporary scholars 
as well as Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Qayyim were against Qada Salah. No, we don't cite Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Qayyim on these on this matter because they're from another madhab. Okay. Hanabila, uh, all of them held that you were not even a Muslim while you were not praying. That's why. What's the difference between Fidya and Kafara? Fidya is for when you had a reason not to break your fast. You did not break the sanctity of Ramadan. You did not offend or disrespect the sanctity of Ramadan. So you only owe feeding one poor person. However, kafara, you offended intentionally with no excuse the sanctity of Ramadan. So you owe 60, feeding 60 poor people for every day that you did that, committed that crime. Okay, You're a criminal in the heavens and you're going to pay a price for that. 60 poor Muslims, right? Which is about $600. But if you make Tawbah, then Allah will forgive you. Because Allah is all forgiving. Until then, all right, but you still have to pay that $600 kafara to the mosque and they will take care of it. Are there important things we need to know to do the night before Ramadan begins? The night before Ramadan begins, Tarawih begins. So that we do Tarawih. We said the minimum of Tarawih is two rakas. The masajid should establish the sunnah, which is 20. If they establish anything other than that, it is acceptable. There's no sin against them. What if you don't know how many years you missed of fasting? You overestimate. So is it how many years, like as in, I don't know, five or six? So then seven would definitely make it, right? I don't know if it's three or four. Well, then five would definitely cover. So cover. All right, cover it by overestimating. Ryan, you're up. Any tips or recommendations for Muslims who work throughout the day? If you are a Muslim that works throughout the day, have a good suhoor. And by the way, working throughout the day, the day goes by faster, right? Uh, Rhonda OG, she says, you like this sister? She calls herself the OG, all right? Uh, so if someone has an excused reason not to fast, they only have to pay fidya. That's correct. So everyone who does not have to fast, they will owe $290 or $300 of fidya for the whole month, depending on whether the month is 29 days or 30 days. Every lunar month is either 29 days or 30 days. So they will owe, I'm just put 300, right? Plus zakat al-fitr, $10 extra. But zakat al-fitr, the man of the house pays that for his everyone who lives with him. Okay, so that's different. Why can't we just ask repentance at, as it even forgives shirk? Yes. So, wayfarer, why can't we just ask repentance? You do ask repentance. The repentance will forgive your skipping salah, but it is nonetheless a debt. So, for example, you're my tenant, and you refuse to pay me my rent. Then you say one day, please forgive me, right? I say, okay, I forgive you, but you still owe me that rent. I need that money. But Allah Ta'ala, He doesn't need anything from us. But you have harmed yourself. So you owe Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala this ibadah. He gave you life. He gave you feet. He gave you arms. Your heart beats without paying anything. Don't you have a price to pay? The price is ibadah. The obligatory ibadah. That's the price. So yes, He, he will forgive you if you seek forgiveness. But you still owe the debt. Salah is our debt to Allah. Psalm, zakah, all that's our debt to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Uh, but if someone misses fast and it wasn't excused, uh, so someone, he missed fast, but with no excuse. He broke his fast intentionally. He owes to make one day plus kafara $600 per day. Remember where we get the number $600? It's 60 
poor, feeding 60 poor Muslims one mud, a handful of food, which is around $10. Okay. So that's what you owe alongside the makeup of one day. That's if you intentionally broke the fast. It's called kafara. So I understood Haram Imam to have said if someone died and they had makeup fast, which they haven't done, then their inheritors need to do it or give fidya. That person, the inheritors are not obligated to do that. But if they want to help the deceased and that person intentionally broke the fast, intentionally, then they will, they will voluntarily pay on charity on behalf of that dead person from the inheritance or from their own money, the kafara. If they had a reason, then they will pay the fidya. Mayhem. No. Mayhem, alhamdulillah. All right, next. Hashem uh, al-Chishti. If a couple are reverting to Islam, do they need to do the nikah to make it halal? If they are already married as Christians, as Jews, as Hindus, in any form, but they called it marriage, they do not need to do redo their nikah. Sharia recognizes that marriage. However, they need to nullify any clauses in their marriage contract that is not halal, and they need to negate any clauses in the contract that are haram. Okay? That they have to fix the contract, that's all. Let's say he didn't pay her a dowry, or she, didn't, she wasn't assigned a wali. What is a wali? A wali does the fighting for a woman, for her rights. Okay. The protector and the guardian and the lawyer of a woman. Or there is no dowry from the husband to the men. So they fix those parts, but they are considered married. Ryan, any questions? Yes. Um, is it recommended to sleep after Fajr? Because they, they also, yes, you also mentioned that Sunnah to not sleep after Fajr. So well, like, the, the best practice, if you can, is to pray, uh, to eat your suhoor, to pray Fajr, and stay up until the sun rises. That is the best practice if you can. Okay. Question from my grandma. If I am having a hard time making up three missing days last year because I was sick, is it better for this year Ramadan and make up days after Ramadan? You can make up your days after Ramadan. Yes. But remember that you need to, if, if a whole year elapsed between you making up your fast and the next Ramadan one or more Ramadans come before you made up your fast then you have to also pay $10 to the mosque as fidya right uh, to feed one poor Muslim I don't pray tarawih because I am doing qada umri so I do 20 rakahs of fard instead is that okay yes if you are making up past prayers then you can pay, uh, pray however many of prayers you 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 should have a schedule to make up your past prayers and as a fatwa there is a ruling that says let's say i make up five uh prayers a day if i finished my makeup for the day then i can pray tarawih. uh living my best says i can still fast on ramadan even though i have many years of fasting to make up a hundred percent not only can you you must you you make and you make up make up your days later on a, put yourself on a schedule every monday for the next five years i'm, I'm gonna fast a reasonable schedule, right? Can we pray tarawih by holding the Quran if we don't memorize the surahs? Yes, you may. You can do that. What do I do if I broke my fast via masturbation and Hanafi fiqh? 
I don't know about Hanafi fiqh. I'll tell you, Maliki fiqh, you owe, you have to make up one day and pay $600 kafara. Okay? Kafara for intentionally breaking the fast. What if you make up a Ramadan day on a Thursday? No problem. It can be any day except Eid. But you intend it as fard only. Qada is fard. Is an obligation. Make up fast are an obligation. So you make only one intention, which is qada. What if someone has like several years of entire Ramadan's kafara that they need to pay? Like they neglected Ramadan yeah. for just like... If you neglected Ramadan, let's say for 30 years, you owe a lot of money, but you put yourself on a payment scale, right? So it's not... It's not... Imagine that you're going to have $20,000, right? But paying $20,000 is totally within reason. We're all paying $20,000 for our cars. Put yourself on a payment scale, right? That's what you do. A monthly payment. That's 540K. 540K. 30, or 30 years of Ramadan. 30 years. What were you doing for 30 years, <laughs> man? Well, babe, you're paying for another house, basically. Maybe he was making 540K. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he was making millions. Uh, can I give Zakat al fitz to my parents? No. Because your parents are, you are obligated to take care of your parents. You cannot give zakat to your parents. Follow-up question. Do zakat al-fitr only go to Muslims? Yes, only Muslims. The obligatory payments, zakat al-fitr, zakat al-mal, zakat of wealth, fidya, kafara, only go to Muslims. Any obligatory wealth, only to the poor Muslims. And we don't give zakat to parents because you have to take care of your parents. Obligation. So if we don't know quite how many salahs we missed, we should overestimate. Yes, just overestimate it and make it a flat number of years, right? Make it easy for yourself. So like from this, from Ramadan of 1443, or if you want to count, say 2022 to Ramadan of 2030, eight years. I'm just going to pray every salah twice. Don't worry about any sunnah or anything else. Unless you want to pray istikhara or tahajjud or tarawih. But as long as you're fulfilling your, your obligatory makeup days and you pray every prayer twice for eight years does missing fajr or isha but praying the rest cause someone to be considered a non-muslim or just a hypocrite no neither non-muslim nor hypocrite just sinful or weak or lazy sinful right so nobody's perfect but you're gonna you have to work at it okay ryan you're up If I made up my fast by combining with a yam al-bid, will they count as sunnah or makeup? No, sunnah. You cannot mix a fard with a sunnah. You don't mix up fard with a sunnah. So if you do, it's a sunnah. It's not a fard. Fard has to be by itself, intending fard. It could happen to be on that day, no problem. But your intent is fard. Titi says, what if we missed the first few years of fasting and it wasn't pushed on us to fast in early teenage years? Is that disrespecting Ramadan? Yes, you have to, because it's known in religion by necessity that we have to fast Ramadan, so you do owe kafara for that. And qada, so sorry for the bad news. But that's actually good news, because now you can have a clearer record with Allah. So you should be thanking us. Um, so when you do have to fast 60 consecutive days to make up, no, you don't have to do that. You have the option. Feed 60 poor Muslims or fast 60 straight days. You have the option. Of course, everyone's going to pay $600 because the poor person couldn't even fast one day, let alone 60 days straight, right? So you have the option to, to either fast 60 days straight or feed 60 poor Muslims, which we call kafara 
put it in an envelope, get the cash, put an envelope, put it in the mosque, make sure you write kafara on it because the masjid will know who to pay it to. Sorry, I accidentally left the live. I don't know if my question was answered. Yes, we did just question answer it, actually, and the answer was yes, you do owe them because fasting the month of Ramadan is something known in religion by necessity. So not being taught about it or encouraged to do it is something that is not an excuse. So you owe qada and kafara. Makeup day and the kafara of $600. I could listen to all these questions all night. And I could do this all night. Right? I love seeing all these new people. Ryan, you're up. It should it should come on uh, myrokview.org because we do, we're do we doing this tonight anyways. Like we basically yeah. do this in our Maliki Flick Flick. Yeah, we do, we do this stuff all the time. And you got to sign up for myarcview.org. We have over 50 pre-recorded classes of all age groups for all age groups our best class is actually sister hella's fiqh essentials for girls so you got to watch those she's got like two three semesters up already zedka she says oh is it hanafi madhab or am i mistaken that you can combine intentions fard and sunnah maybe hanafites maybe the hanafites or the shafi's but not the mas the, the madhab of madik Everything that is promote that the only fiqh that I answer here is the fiqh of uh, the city of the Prophet Al Medina, which is the Madiki Madhab. Tuba Sayyid, and all the madhabs are sound as long as you get the transmission properly on what is known as the dominant opinion of that madhab, the, the, the fatwa of that madhab, the official policy of that madhab. Do I have to give fidya for the fast I missed due to menstruation and haven't made them up in the same year? Yes, you do. So we recommend we read the Quran many times during Ramadan or memorize our ayahs. Both memorization and recitation are inshallah equal. Yeah, you're going to have the uh, immense reward for both. Surah says, if a woman fasts 60 days straight, you make up for missed fast. Should she also make up the days of Hayd? If she's if she's fasting 60 days straight out of kafara, right? Um, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Why would else would you fast 60 days straight except if it's a kafara? So um, her makeup, she makes up the days of Hyde, yes. A woman makes up the days in which she was either in postpartum bleeding or in menstruation. Yeah. Can you clarify again the difference between kafara and fidya? Sure. Kafara is 60 poor Muslims. For every day that you disrespected the month of Ramadan, you broke it without an excuse. But fidya is a day where you had an excuse. You had a valid excuse, okay? Or you delayed your makeup fast for a year or more. And you only have to feed one poor Muslim. The difference is $10 is fidya, $600 for kafara. Okay. Kafara is you totally disrespected this month. Fidya is just that you had an excuse such as you're sick, you can't fast. Never fast. That's fidya. A fidya, someone who has diabetes, someone who's old age, right? Or you have just a makeup day, but you elapsed a year, then you owe fidya and the makeup day. I didn't know about the prohibition of mixing up intentions. I actually got a fetch with that. It was okay. Now, inshallah, the past will count for you, but inshallah, you should just learn one fiqh and stick with it. 
Living my best, myarcview.org. That is correct, yes. And we are constantly improving this 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 website, and we're going to revamp it. We have a husband and wife tag team duo that are revamping the look. It's going to be so easy to use myarcview that you're going to be addicted. We're actually worried about you. You're going to be on myarcview so much. Can we still take the teen class if we're in our 20s? A lot of moms, they secretly take the teens class with their daughters. If I have unknown amount of salah, do I abandon all my sunnahs until I have made them up? Yes, with the exception of if you have fulfilled your makeup days, your makeup prayers for the day, then you could do some select sunnahs such as tahajjud, istikhara that you need to might do, or tarawih, as long as you fulfilled your quota for the day. Ryan, what you got? Okay, we're coming on two hours. We're coming so on we, two hours, so we got to wrap up. Yeah. yeah. So I have two questions. First one. When is the first day that we fast? How do we determine that? How do we determine the first day of fasting? First of all, you're just going to follow your local masjid, although the technical correct answer is by the moon sighting. Anywhere in the world that the, someone in the ummah or a country has said that they saw the, the new moon, then that means Ramadan is in. I always look for the new moon, and at the same time, we go by the masjid. Alhamdulillah, we fast with the masjid, but alhamdulillah, we've, I've, they've always aligned, right? So I always have... Uh, keep an eye out on different websites like Crescent Watch, Chicago Hilal. They all uh, show you who saw the moon and who didn't. And then you get to see that so you can have the safety, uh, feel a good feeling in your heart that you're following the, 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 the dominant fiqh. And at the same time, you're not having a fight with your masjid, which is they're always usually tend to follow the fiqh council of North America, which is, goes by the calculation of visibility. Question from my grandma, if older and having older time, making up five days from last year because of sickness, is it better to get self-ready for this year, Ramadan, and make up those days after Ramadan? Yes, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Mm. Can Fidya be given in any day during Ramadan or before the month enters? Yes, if you know for sure, pretty much, that I'm not going to fast any days because I have diabetes, you can give it in advance. And if you die, it's sadaqah. Aisha says, or Ahisha says, I think I may have misheard. I have mi missed making up my misfast from the previous year due to menstruation. Do I have to fast 60 days to make them up? No, you only fast the days that you missed. That's it for menstruation. And if one whole year has lapped or more, then you also feed 64 Muslims. Fidya, $10. Just pay it to the mosque. Can you give examples of Fidya? Uh, fidya is paid by somebody who can never fast, such as a senior citizen who is so old they can't fast. Or someone's diabetic or they have a disease. A Muslim doctor told them you should never fast. Or you you have you just have to make up a day or more, but a whole year lapped you. Then you fast the one day and you pay the Fidya. Fidya is $10 feeding one poor Muslim. She said, should she make, I meant, should she make up the days of Haid during the 60 days of Kafara? So she has 60 days of Kafara and makeup days, they are separate. The 60 day of Kafara is one thing, the makeup days are another thing. Okay. But I'm assuming you understand that Kafara is if you purposely disrespected the month of Ramadan and you broke your fast, then you have the option to feed 60 poor Muslims. $600 per day, right? 60 poor Muslims times 10, okay? 
or to fast two months in a row, 60 days. You have the option just to keep to give you that piece of information. Is it participate to, better to participate in a group khatam or to do your own? Whatever encourages you better, whatever you feel closer to Allah with. Okay, Frankie Gan, 82, he knows what he's talking about. Madiki Fik for life. I don't remember when I started fasting and when we should start considering these fasting as part of Fard. So someone says, I don't remember when I reached Bulugh. You estimate if you missed anything or not. You just estimate. Any plans on visiting the UK? I want to visit the UK. Maybe not this summer, the summer after. All right. We will have to take this. We'll have to do this again, right, Ryan, tomorrow? Open QA on, on Ramadan? I think so. Yeah. Especially really I didn't take timestamps today, so. Yeah. That was a, it was too many, right? Yeah, it was too many. There's so many questions here. Okay. All right. We'll do it again tomorrow. Open QA on um, on this. Uh, one more question from Cozy Chloe. She says, can we make dua for a clean slate in Ramadan so that we can start new and forget the old prayers or fast that we've missed? No. And she says, I'm assuming the answer is no way. But you are 100% right. No way. You can ask for forgiveness for skipping Salah, but you still owe those debts to Allah. All right, folks. Uh, last question. What do you mean by 2x qadab prayers? That means the easiest way to make up a lot of missed prayers is to calculate the number of years and say to yourself, for example, from like Ramadan of this year, 1443, until the Ramadan of, let's say, however many years that you owe, let's say five years, to the Ramadan of 1448, I'm going to pray every salah twice. So my the salah that I owe now, plus my makeup prayer, my qadab prayer. That make it, makes it so easy for you. And you just pray every salah twice. You don't pray any sunnahs or anything. Except the sunnah that you really need to pray, like tahajjud, istikhara, or tarawih, Eid, things like that. All right, folks. Jazakumullah khairan. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa ilaik. Wal asr inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-lazina amanu aminu al-salihat. Wa tawasaw bil-haq. Wa tawasaw bil-sabr. والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته